In Southeast Agnet's Ag and Review for the week ending September the 18th, many folks wonder where exactly things stand with the waters of the U.S. rule. So Scott Yeager, National Cattlemen's Beef Association's Environmental Council, looks at the current status of WOTUS litigation and more. The waters of the U.S. rule or the WOTUS rule became effective law on August 28, 2015. So what that means for landowners out there is you're going to want to take a closer look at your land to see if there's something out there that might resemble a WOTUS because there's going to be repercussions for that. If, you, um, if you're managing your land in a way that would impact that, there could be an issue, and you might need to be permitted for that. So this is a big issue for our members, obviously. So what NCBA is doing is we're engaged in a lawsuit, actually suing the EPA and the Army Corps to get judicial review of this rule, which we believe is regulatory overreach. And Yeager says they have a multi-pronged strategy for dealing with the WOTUS issue. We have a lawsuit where we're going to try to get judicial review of this uh, expansive rule by a court of law. At the same time, we're pushing forward with an attempt to get a legislative fix, which we think is so important, and we have to keep pushing uh, the legislative issue to our congressmen. So to that end, I would strongly urge you out there to go on to beefusa.org um, submit a letter to your senators, and we have a form letter on our website that you can use to do that, and you can edit it to your uh, needs. And we need to get more support for Senate Bill 1140, which would have the rule withdrawn and potentially fixed at the end of the day. Um, and even if we can't pass this important standalone legislation, if we could at least get a vote on it, we can show that there is a record of senators supporting the rule being withdrawn that we can later attach to other um, legislation that would be a must-pass legislation like an omnibus or a transportation bill. In other news, during this week's 50th anniversary event for HM Close at its vegetable seed research facilities in southern France, it was mentioned their worldwide research effort includes 900 people organized into 50 research teams dedicated to 25 species spanning 400 different market segments. Agnet Media founder and President Gary Cooper spoke with their vice president, head of global research, Mark Stowers, about the event and the important role that facility plays. Here we are at the 50th anniversary at this St. Remy research facility in France. And what's that mean to HM Close as a whole? Well, I think one thing that we look at as HM Close is we're... uh, we're a very uh, long and uh, history company. We actually date back to the 1700s, and this one location in Saint-Rémy-de-Provence is a key part of our history, part of uh, the legacy that we bring in terms of research in tomatoes, melons, uh, peppers, and squash. You made some statements 15% of sales income goes into R&D, 27% of the workforce of HM Close involved in R&D. What comes first, the chicken or the egg kind of thing? Is it R&D with new development, or is it sales driving R&D? Well, that's a good question. So 15% of our sales goes into our research investment, and 27% of our workforce is dedicated to R&D. But, you know, I think the question you ask is really important to us. We're not a company that competes at the same level of investment, perhaps, as some of the other uh, major competitors in our space, where we make our investments in people. And when we look at the talent that's uh, coming out of the universities today, coupled with the commercial talent we have with our breeders and our researchers, we think that that brings a real unique opportunity in terms of human capital, human capital development for agriculture. Well, in other news, the latest figures from USDA's Farm Service Agency show another increase in the number of peanut acres this year. Tyron Spearman has the details. The Farm Service Agency issued an update on peanut acreage planted across the nation this week. It's their September 15th report and will be their final report on acreage this year. According to the new figures, we are up again. 14,297 acres has been increased. 
And that means the U.S. will now have 1,601,718 acres. That is an increase of 22.7% over last year. If farmers can average 3,996 pounds of peanuts per acre, as the National Ag Statistics Service suggests, the total production would be about 3,200,232 tons. That's a 22.8% increase in production over last year. We're showing Georgia. Uh, they found another 3,035 acres in this report. That means Georgia is up in their peanut acreage 33.2%. Alabama went from a 172,000 acres last year, ending up with 193,946. That's a 12.3% increase in peanut acreage in Alabama. Florida, they also found some acreage there, 3,974 acres uh, added on. So Florida will have 181,258 peanut acres. That's 11.2% over last year. Texas also had 4,800 acres found. That's up 36.6% over last year. And Arkansas is a new growing area. They are going to end up with 16,000 acres. So Arkansas and the new addition of Texas, and it all adds up to about 14,297 acres increase for the whole United States. I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast Agnet. With this week's Georgia Grown Moment, here's Julie McPeak. For this week's Georgia Grown Moment, we look ahead to the third year of the Georgia Grown Building at the Georgia National Fair. One of the main goals of the Georgia Grown Building would be to highlight Georgia agricultural products, make sure that the um, citizens of Georgia are aware of what products are coming from Georgia. And not only to know that, yes, cotton and blueberries and peanuts are grown here in Georgia, but also how they're grown, to kind of see what it looks like when they're planting in the ground and also how those products grow so that they will become more familiar with the agricultural production in the state. That's Georgia Grown Program Manager Matthew Kulinski, who says, of course, one of the greatest highlights of the building is the Georgia Grown Pavilion. Where visitors to the fair will be able to purchase a range of Georgia Grown products, everything from honeys to jellies, ketchups, barbecue sauces, cookbooks, and Georgia Grown merchandise. The Georgia National Fair in Perry will be held October 8th through the 18th. For Georgia Grown, I'm Julie McPeak. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Grinder talks about avian influenza and how it's affecting the U.S. economy. Now, just how serious is this avian flu problem? Well, we don't really know yet. The spread slows in the summertime, but the coming fall and winter will give us a lot more answers. But here's where we stand right now. 47 million dead laying hens. American poultry exports to China and South Korea stopped dead cold. Here at home, egg prices higher than they've ever been. Now, that's the reason you're paying more for pasta, bread, bakery, goods of any kind, even ice cream. Now, anything with eggs in the recipe is higher than it normally is. Still, the true dollar impact is on our poultry farmers. Not only the losses already counted, but efforts to control the disease is still costing more than the other price jumps all combined. And one more reminder. With the holiday season approaching, turkey prices will be affected too. And finally, it's costing jobs. And that's Ag Review for today. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear those reports and more from this past week on our website, southeastagnet.com. Randall Wiseman, Southeast Agnet.